Welcome to another episode of Franz Ward's podcast series, Shoveling Smoke. I'm Chris Kaler, a partner at Franz Ward and your host for today's podcast. From time to time, we've brought you guests from outside the legal arena to delve into a topic of interest in the greater Cleveland area. That's what we're doing today with Nick Fedor, who is the executive director of Shaker Heights Development Corporation. I'll let Nick explain his organization and its goals in more detail in a minute, but in a nutshell, the corporation has set up a fund to allow interested people to make an investment and have a financial stake in redeveloping a Shaker Heights. According to the Ohio Division of Securities, it's the first such fund that has been registered with them. So although the backdrop of today's story is Shaker Heights, it presents a great example of an innovative collaboration between the public and private sectors aimed at the economic development of an area in need of an upgrade. Nick Fedor has been with the Shaker Heights Development Corporation for over six years. Before that, he was the economic development director for the now thriving Detroit Shoreway area. I'm sure you'll take all the credit for that. <laughs> uh, welcome, Nick. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. Sure. Also joining us because we can't completely ignore the legal piece of the project is my partner, Carl May. Carl started his 40-year career as an enforcement attorney with the Ohio Division of Securities and has a broad-based practice at France Ward, representing investment advisors, entrepreneurs, and other entities on SEC and regulatory issues. One aspect of his work is assisting clients with securities offerings, which was his involvement in Nick's project. Thanks for joining us, Carl. Delighted to be here. So, Nick, before we get deeper into the, your organization and the fund, can you tell us how you first got into economic development? Sure, sure. Um, it was it was kind of a roundabout way. I never really gave much thought uh, to what I wanted to do professionally while I was in college, and you know, sort of took the first job I was offered. It was in marketing and advertising, so I did that for a few years. And then 2008 happened, and as companies were slashing advertising and marketing budgets, I was, I was laid off from my agency job. But it really was a blessing in disguise at the time because it afforded me an opportunity to really figure out what I was passionate about, passionate about professionally. Um, and that had always been, you know, really cities and, and neighborhoods and, and what attracts people to neighborhoods and, and certain parts of cities and, and why businesses locate in certain parts of cities. And it really opened up a whole new world to me of, you know, urban planning, economic development, how those disciplines interface with small business development, municipal government. Um, and so we were living in, in Philadelphia at the time, uh, and I, I got a, a job at a community development corporation in the northwest section of the city. Um, that's been about 13 years ago. Uh, so I've kind of been doing similar things in different places for the past 13 years. That's great. And that brings you to Shaker Heights, which I'm actually a resident of Shaker Heights as well. So I'm interested particularly in what is the Shaker Heights Development Corporation and, and what does it do? Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. So um, Shaker Heights Development Corporation's mission is to enhance commercial districts uh, here in the community. As you know, Chris, from, from living here, there are really two primary commercial districts and a few smaller ones. The primary ones being uh, the Greater Van Aken District uh, and the Chagrin Lee Commercial Area. And then also Shaker has portions of uh, the Larchmere Commercial District as well as Fairmount Circle around John Carroll. SHDC's primary focus area is the Chagrin Lee Commercial District, and our, our work here is, is really in, in two primary arenas. The first being supporting and working with businesses that are currently in the community. We do that by convening regular business association meetings, 
from time to time and as funding allows, we, we offer periodic grant opportunities for small businesses. Historically, those, have, those grant opportunities have been targeted toward minority-owned and women-owned business to, to help support those. We also work very closely with our partners at the City of Shaker Heights to attract new businesses to the community and uh, help those new businesses find a location here in Shaker. The other primary arena um, where we work to achieve our mission is through some real estate work. We own a few commercial properties. We manage a few commercial properties uh, in the Chagrinly area. One of them I'm talking to you now from is, is the dealership. It's a uh, co-work and small office facility. And there are also a couple other small commercial properties that we're, we're uh, responsible for. And then the, the new and exciting arena that we're, we're, we're moving into is with the, uh, the Shaker Lee Development Fund. Okay. And before we talk about that, I'm guessing that other cities, municipalities, neighborhoods have these type of development corporations like Shaker Heights does. Is that right? Yeah. So in the city of Cleveland, most neighborhoods have have a community development corporation that serves the neighborhood. And the, the services that those CDCs provide are, are really unique to each neighborhood. In the first suburbs of Cleveland, um, those communities that border the, the city, it's a, a slightly different story. Shaker is one of a handful of the communities that do have a CDC. Cleveland Heights, South Euclid as well. I believe Maple Heights is is getting theirs off the ground, and Lakewood uh, probably has the the longest standing and most well known of the of the first suburb CDCs. So it's a it's a you know tried and true system within the city, and and more more first suburbs are are beginning to to adopt that as well. So maybe the maybe the fund and what you're doing there can translate to uh, to other CDCs as well. Yeah. What is the uh, what is the fund? What is the Shaker Lee Development Fund? Yeah, so the, the, the Shaker Lee Development Fund is a, is a new initiative, but it has been years in the making. And it's, it's come about for a couple primary reasons that I'll get more into. But the Chagrin Lee area is, is you know, a really unique and diverse, in, in many regards, a great business district. There are many long-term committed property and business owners here that have been here for a while and are doing great things. Contrast that with there are some vacant properties. Um, there are some properties in need of, of upkeep and improvements. And there are some vacancies. So the fund is really in response to, to those commercial properties in the, in the district that uh, have deferred maintenance, that are vacant, that we feel have more potential. And, and the business community and stakeholders here feel have more potential as well. And of course, to, to, to realize that potential, um, it always helps to have, have some money and some funds, right? So You can't do these things exactly, for free? <laughs> exactly. Well, we are a nonprofit, but we, we still do need money to, to do projects. So Shaker Rice Development Corporation has done a, a two smaller projects, or similar projects, I would say, on a smaller basis in the past five or six years. The first was in 2016, 2017 timeframe where SHDC partnered with six or seven Shaker residents, all very civically minded and invested in the community. And we, the organization, along with these individuals, pooled our funds together to acquire a building that had been vacant for 10 plus years. It was the old Lee Road uh, nursery, uh, plant nursery. And we acquired that. Um, our group acquired that. We made some improvements to it. 
and we got it ready for a new uh, doggy daycare and boarding business called Process Canine. If there are any pet owners who are listening in the area, probably are familiar with the with the business. Dozens of dogs go throughout that that business on a daily, weekly basis. And since it opened in, in 20, 2016, um, it had really been going gangbusters. And our initial intent with that project was that if the business was successful and if it was growing and in a position to um, acquire the building, uh, we wanted to make that happen. So, like I said, they, they, they opened to uh, you know, a very favorable reception. Business has been going well for them. And they ended up being in a position to purchase that property from our group in 2018. And so with the, you know, the organization and the initial investors um, essentially getting our seed investment back, we were in a position to look for potentially another opportunity. And coincidentally, the property just to the north of where Process Canine is located came on the market. And so SHDC, along with the same group of investors, used the the initial funds uh, to acquire the property next door. When we acquired it, it only had one tenant. It's a building with three commercial storefronts. So we were we were fortunate to find a couple additional tenants, um, one being actually Processes Canine's new training center. Uh, they expanded out of their initial footprint. And then we found a, a, a new business, a, a shaker-based entrepreneur who had been in the dog grooming industry for a number of years, wanted to go out on her own, and, and made that leap in January of 2020 in the midst of the pandemic. Um, and opened a, a business called True Vibes Unleashed that not only does dog grooming, but you also can go there and do yoga with your dog. Uh, and she's also a certified Reiki practitioner. So that's a long way of saying that this property that we, we acquired a couple of years ago um, with our initial small group of investors, we were able to, to fully tenant. And it's, it's home now to, to minority and women-owned businesses uh, here in Shaker. And so that's, that's really the, the, the genesis of the fund. And, you know, we want, our organization wants to be as broad-based in the community as possible. We don't necessarily want this opportunity to be only for a small group of folks, accredited investors, which is why uh, we started talking about a broader effort and, and how we got connected with Carl. Using those two initial projects as a model and then and then transitioning to something a little bigger like the fund, at any time did you have any pushback from citizens or the government or was everybody on board? Yes, yeah, so that's a great question. Um, and, you know, I mentioned it, 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 it's been a long time in the making. We, you know, part of it is due to, to just the current pandemic and, and us starting it in the late winter of 19, early 20. But there, there really were a number of considerations and um, viewpoints and objectives and, um, you know, sources of friction to work out. You know, our organization has a board of 20 or so folks, but I mentioned we, we partnered with, you know, six or seven individual investors in those first two projects. Obviously, you know, getting their buy-in and their perspective was important. So... I wouldn't say it was necessarily hurting cats, but it was a lot of a lot of a lot of viewpoints and and a lot of potential sources of friction to to work through in in the planning stage. From SHDC standpoint, we wanted this to be an initiative that could be as 
legally accessible to as many people as possible while still being while still balancing that with being able to to actually raise money to have an impact on the corridor meaning to be able to to actually acquire and improve property so we wanted to offer two options, one for higher net worth individuals who may be more experienced in, in these types of investments, and, and one for folks who you know, are, are very civically involved and, and want to have a seat at the decision-making table and, and be involved in this, this process and, and what we're collectively working to do on Lee Road. In terms of, uh, you mentioned pushback from the government, you know, we're fortunate to have great partners at the city of Shaker Heights, you know, from, from Mayor Weiss through his, his departments that we work very closely with, uh, Economic Development Department, Planning Department, among others. But this is something that they are fully in favor and, and support this initiative. We actually have carved out a, a non-voting seat on the fund board. Um, for city representation so that, um, you know, continued alignment and, and strategic priorities are met between our organization, the fund, and the city. So it truly is private-public collaboration. Absolutely. In all respects. Absolutely. So do, do you have investors that are both from the, the high net worth type that you described and also from the broader community participation that was the goal? Yeah, so we're working towards that goal still. You know, we're, we just officially registered um, August 25th, so we're about two months in. We do have some some new uh, new investors who have come on board. All those new investors to date have been at the the option A, the higher level. But that's not to say that we're not working very di- diligently, thoughtfully, and deliberately to get that broader broader community base. Cautiously optimistic that we will during during the offering period. Carl, maybe maybe this is a good time for you to talk about some of the the nuts and bolts and, and what was involved in putting it together and how this was structured uh, as a as an investment and a I guess a securities offering. Sure, uh, this offering uh, because it involved limited liability units uh, was a securities or is a securities offering, and when you have a securities offering, you have to consider the application of both federal and state securities laws. And in this particular case, as Nick pointed out, we were going for two different classes of investors, uh, and it's difficult to do, and it's very rare. So the first task was to determine whether there was an exemption from registration with the SEC, because that process is terribly expensive, and this offering wasn't anywhere near large enough to do that. And then the second was to figure out how to uh, get it set up so that it could be offered to the lower net worth individuals, lower income individuals, And that process required a registration with Ohio Division of Securities. So in working through the the steps, we determined that there was a federal exemption from SEC registration, but that to do the offering as we proposed, we were going to have to register it with Ohio. That subjected us to what's called merit review, which involves filing an application with the Division of Securities and meeting certain guidelines that the division requires for offerings to lower income persons. And that involved merit review, which includes uh, various standards for investor suitability, a number of guidelines relating to fees, structuring, the disclosure document, uh, the voting rights and and membership rights of the members. It's a very complicated process, and it takes quite a while to get through. But we did it, and I have to say the Division of Securities were very, very – 
supportive and cooperative in working with us and applying the guidelines in a way that we could uh, accomplish our objectives. They understood what we were trying to do, and uh, we were able to register it with the Division of Securities. I do want to say that by registering it with Ohio, they do not approve of the offering. They do not endorse it. They merely state that it meets their guidelines. But as Nick said, we were effective in late August. And so now because of that, um, we're able to go out to the public, primarily obviously in Shaker Heights and seek investors uh, for the fund. And how long did it take uh, from conception, I guess, to the point where fundraising could actually begin? Nick? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great question. You know, the, the process took a long time, but we didn't, we, you, don't, we don't, you don't file with the division of securities until you've got it all worked out. So we didn't actually make the division filing until probably, I think it was May or June of this year. But Nick, we started on this last, what, November, I think? Almost a year yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been it's been over a year in the making, and I think you're absolutely right, Carl. We filed with um, with the division in May, and then you know that took a little while for their review process. But it's been over a year in the works. And Carl, I think you told me, uh, I guess this was offline, that you thought this was unique to the Ohio Division of Security, something they hadn't seen before? Yes, they had never seen a community development corporation create a community development fund such as this. So it was a first time for them, too. And it, it meant that applying their guidelines and working with us was a little different than working with a traditional registrant, such as a real estate investment fund or an REIT. So uh, they had to kind of make it up as they went along along with us. But as I said, it was uh, they were very cooperative and understood what we were trying to do and helped us uh, work through the guidelines to make it fair and reasonable and fully disclosed to the uh, potential investors. Carl's being a little bit modest here, and you know he had been he has been you know nothing short of you know an invaluable team member with his his guidance and knowledge on this because you know our team was was you know not starting from scratch but don't near have don't have near the experience and, and knowledge that Carl brought to the table um, you know we did a few few projects and you know we have some attorneys on our board who know enough to be dangerous but you know we were fortunate to have Carl's from a security standpoint and to help interface that with all the other objectives we were trying to meet both from a you know a community development corporation standpoint and mission standpoint and incorporate and make it accessible to the community that's very kind of you to say, Nick. You know, I'm not from Cleveland. I'm not even from northeastern Ohio. Uh, so I came here and chose to live in Shaker Heights. And I have to say I'm very glad that I did. And I'm very pleased I've had this opportunity now to give back to the community that I care deeply about. So is something like this, it seems to be working well, both from the initial projects and now this innovative fund. Nick and I guess Carl from a legal perspective and Nick from a private public collaboration perspective is something like this replicable in other CDCs or other cities? I would say from a from a public private partnership standpoint absolutely. You know, obviously a similar initiative would be tailored to the specific needs of that specific community. You know, but I could certainly see this um, this model being replicated in other communities in in Northeast Ohio or even Ohio. 
unfortunately, there wasn't a very close geographic model for us to, to kind of look to for best practices. We had to look all the way to uh, California and a neighborhood in Los Angeles that actually was about a year ahead of us in terms of timing. They, they launched their community-based real estate fund in, in the summer of 2020, I believe, and so, you know, seeing, seeing what their unique objectives were for their community and, and how they structured their, their offering was helpful as we were looking at different models and options um, for our shaker-based fund. Carl, from a legal perspective, replicable somewhere else? The Little Tokyo Fund was helpful and gave us some guidance. It was very different and wasn't a perfect model. So although useful... We pretty much had to create our fund out of whole cloth. I do think, I agree with Nick, this could be a model for other communities. But one thing that was very important in our process was that the Shaker Heights Development Corporation has been around for a long time, has been doing development work, and most importantly, had done these two projects that that Nick described. In general, the Ohio Division of Securities won't let a novice company come in and uh, raise money for a project, you have to show that you've got some experience. So if a community development fund was formed for another city without any prior history, without any experience, the division might say, you don't have the experience to go out and start a fund for the first time. So that was a very important factor in getting our registration uh, through the division of securities. So what's the current status, Nick? So current status is we have raised 475000 to date, both in, in cash and, and some assets, uh, some property assets. Our, our goal is, is $5 million. Our minimum threshold when we can break escrow is 550000 So we're, we're well on the way to hitting that. But again, in order to, to really have some of the outcomes that uh, both the fund and the organization, the, the community, and the city really want to see, we, we certainly need north of 550000 which is why we're going to keep going, obviously. But we're off to a, a, a good start so far. So what's the investment procedure? Or can you provide a link or where people can find more information if they're interested? Yes. So the, the first step is, is really on the SHDC website, and that's shakerdevcorp.com slash the fund. We've got a, a, an overview and some frequently asked questions up on, up on the website um, to give people a, a little bit more information and hopefully answer some of those questions off the bat. And if folks are interested, they can get in touch with, with myself or, or my colleague, and we can, we can go into detail on the offering circular operating agreement and subscription agreement and all the, all the you know, kind of nitty-gritty details of the offering. I should mention that currently the offering is only registered in Ohio, so we're not allowed to take uh, investments from persons in other states um, because we haven't registered in any other states. Well, it sounds uh, fantastic. People often, uh, the perception of people often is that government gets in the way of, of projects. So it's great to see a private public collaboration that's actually getting something done. It's particularly gratifying for me as a resident of Shaker Heights, but as a, a resident of you know, Cuyahoga County or Northeast Ohio, and the fact that this is replicable elsewhere and hopefully will be, it, it means great things for the future. So Nick, thanks for your work. Carl, thanks for your work. And, uh, and hopefully this takes off.
Thank you, Chris. Really appreciate it. Sure. At the end of our podcast, we we usually ask our guests to leave listeners with a takeaway or two. Are there any final takeaways you'd like to give the listeners today? I'll start with you, Carl. Well, as a securities lawyer, I always like to get up on my soapbox and say, if you are starting a business, funding a business, raising money, selling stocks, selling limited liability interests, even selling promissory notes to fund a business, you are selling securities. And you have got to make sure you comply with both the federal and state securities laws. If you don't, the complications and the, I should say, the consequences can be catastrophic. So most offerings do not require the registration process that we went through with the uh, Shaker Lee Development Fund. But uh, I just always like to make that statement because this is uh, it's a very treacherous area and you can get in a lot of trouble. Nick? Uh, I think mine might be a little bit more upbeat than, than Carl's warning, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I certainly appreciate that. You know, I, I, I would say that, you know, this, this was a little bit born out of out of necessity, too, and, and, you know, trying to find unique creative funding streams to, to repurpose and develop some commercial property in a, in a key commercial district in the community. And, you know, we're, we're very fortunate to, to work with a great team. Um, I mentioned Carl earlier. We had some other great attorneys, Ben Fowler and Adam Rosen involved as well as our board um, and our partnership with the city. It really was, was a true team effort, which is understandable given the unique nature of this and, and the fact that it, a fund like this doesn't exist in Northeast Ohio. We're very cautiously optimistic and excited about some of the results and outcomes uh, from, this, from this fund. Well, thanks, Nick. So to recap, according to Carl, mind your P's and Q's when it comes to the securities laws. And uh, according to Nick, there are ways to to make an impact in your community if uh, if everybody is uh, working together and pulling in the same direction. So Nick and Carl, we very much appreciate you being with us today. Thanks again. And uh, this wraps up another episode of Shoveling Smoke. Thanks for checking in with us, and we hope to you listen in next time. Shoveling Smoke is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Our producer and audio engineer is Sean Rule Hoffman. Thanks for listening.